Hi, I'm Hazel Sills. And I'm Teo Bugby. And welcome to Lady Problems, where every Thursday, a rotating crew of ladies look at the way pop culture treats women with the women who make pop culture. Usually, the show is hosted by our dear Rachel Handler, but she can't be here today because of global warming. So this week, Teo Bugby and I are co-hosting the show alongside film critic Kristen Kim. Today, we're bringing you a very special Kristen Stewart-themed episode in celebration of her excellent and spoopy new film, Personal Shopper. We're going to chat about the film, then dive into Stewart's career at large, analyzing her acting from Twilight to today. Okay, first, let's talk about Personal Shopper. Hazel, would you like to give a description of what this movie is about? Yeah, so Personal Shopper uh, is a film in which Kristen Stewart plays Maureen. She's a young woman living and working in Paris as a personal shopper for a celebrity named Kira. And she's also at the same time trying to contact the ghost of her twin brother, Louis, who died suddenly in Paris just a few months ago. As we all are. Yeah. <laughs> and so she ends up in this very bizarre set of text communications with an unnamed stranger, someone who may or may not be a ghost. And that's all I'm going to tell listeners because I don't want to spoil Someone who the film. may or may not be a ghost, someone whose ghost may or may not be her brother, someone whose ghost may or may not be a different ghost. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Is this a horror movie or is it not a horror movie? What do you think, Kristen? I don't think so. I think he works with horror elements really interestingly. He being um, Olivier. Uh, Olivier Assayas, yeah, which you should always pronounce as Assayas. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he, yeah, I mean, this is the first time he's worked with, you know, like a CG ghost. There, yeah, you like actually see like a ghost. Um, but it's, I mean, it's not. It's, you know, it's... It's also a coming of age story. It's a woman, you know, dealing with grief. It's it's got horror elements, thriller elements, but you know, it's very existential. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I was surprised because going in, I knew it was like vaguely a ghost story, so I didn't necessarily expect there to be actual like visual manifestations of ghosts. Me but neither. there there is that scene where she's in the house and that ghost. Like a CGI ghost appears, yeah, and then vomits ectoplasm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was surprised that that happened, and because I just thought the movie would be a lot more, you know, subtle, or as you said, like existential. Like I didn't think we would actually see a ghost. So, right. but I don't necessarily think it's a horror movie, right? I think when the ghost thing happened. I like flashed back to Demon Lover, which is another. <laughs> I'm is always another, flashing back to Demon Lover <laughs> every day. Yeah, which is another Olivier Assayas movie, and um, that's like there's like the video game element to that, and for me it was like a weird return to that sort of like let's make a goofy boy thing in mm-hmm. the middle of this like crazy for or sure. not crazy but like this like deep I don't know. Um, genre mesh movie. Yeah. So what Asayas did with that section was he studied 19th century seances and sort of interpreted um, what he thought like the medium saw, and then that's how he directed the ghosts in that. 
And Kristen, this is your first time on our podcast, but I'd just like to say for the record that 19th century seances is (laughs) our brand. I know. I saw Hazel perk up from the corner. Seance? (laughs) Yeah. And speaking of like 19th century seances, like that's another big part of this movie too, like the art of Hilma Af Klimt, um, who is like this mystic and painter like through in the 19th century who Kristen Stewart's character becomes really obsessed with another thing that seems almost too made for this podcast where it's like watching it being like ah yes girl like please dive deeper (laughs) into why these paintings are like lighting up your spiritual life I'm all for it yeah there was a lot of interesting I don't know I really liked how sort of diverse the film was in terms of like depicting what a medium is or like I I don't know when you were watching the film and you saw the ghost as Kristen Stewart's character saw the ghost did you necessarily think it was real did you think she was seeing things or how and how much did you believe that she really was a medium okay so for me in all movies like this I'm always 100% on the side of the ghost is real (laughs) (laughs) there's never a time when I'm saying to myself like what if it's not it's always like okay I know that they've proven that it's not a ghost it's like just a murderer but I'm always the one it was like when we watched birth and for me it was like the boy is the husband and I was like this movie is stupid What about the texting scene, Kristen? I know you you have a special connection to the scene where she's texting this stranger at, who may or may not be a ghost. Do I have a, a special <laughs> relationship? I mean, okay, so I just interviewed Asayas, and I couldn't believe that no one has ever told him about the term ghosting. What? I know. I was literally the first person you would think this is a movie about ghosts, and you're texting with a Ghost. Oh my god, but, imagine uh, making this movie not knowing what I ghosting know. was. Wild. And I was like, do you know ghosting? He was like, no, like, what is that? And then I told him, he was like, ah, yes, 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 like, ghosting, okay, like. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, like, all you, like, can film festival journalists are too serious. Like, <laughs> Absolutely. That would have been my first question. Yeah. I mean, and good on you for asking the important. Yeah. So now he knows. Journalism. Now he knows. I'm sure he's ghosted a few people in his life. Um, but yeah, that scene is super interesting because. Uh, it just goes on forever. It, it's, it's like so 30 long, minutes of texting. But I loved it's, it. It's, it's, it's mesmerizing. It is, but it's kind of the most thrilling part of the movie. Totally. And it's also really funny um i was like laughing at parts of that of that texting scene and you know it also is like weirdly playful like when he's like i'm here and then like she like looks around and she's and then the ghost is like just kidding i'm not there <laughs> like that's totally some shit i would pull with if my you friends were a ghost, yeah. and, and ghosts and like of course of course the ghost has uh read receipts on i mean it's like such a rude texting etiquette and like it just works so perfectly here and i don't even think he realized it but um yeah so in the scene um kristen stewart gets texts from an unknown number uh just being like I know you and like I want to meet you or like it's like weirdly like sexual and it like feels like sexting but it also might be her brothers who are like (laughs) what's happening like her dead brother like and she's like if this is you Lewis like communicating like give me a sign and then like I don't know (laughs) and then like someone's like running a bath am I this is I will say like one of the sexier ghost movies I've seen in that like for a ghost that you never see the ghost has like a fair amount of game. <laughs> you, <laughs> you think know? so? I think, the, I mean, yeah. like, 
this is the only movie this year where Kristen Stewart will masturbate to a ghost. Like, it at least has that going in its favor as right. far as ghost game goes. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's, I mean, that's a great scene. We're going to keep talking about Personal Shopper after this break. Keep listening. What about Kristen's acting in the movie? Like, I really love the way in the scenes where she was shopping for Kira and she was, you know, going to like Chanel and all these fancy Paris fashion houses. She was just sort of like grabbing at the clothes. Like she's a very, an- she's playing a very anxious character in this movie. She's and, such a yeah. physical performer. Like she's mm-hmm. a very gestural actor. Like everything that she does, I think of her as very in her body. Like it's interesting watching Kristen Stewart as compared to watching like some other actresses that Olivia Assayas has worked with where like if he's making a movie with like Maggie Chung like all you want is for the camera to like sit on Maggie Chung's face and mm-hmm. don't move but with Kristen Stewart it's like getting that close is too much mm-hmm. like she's doing so much in a given shot that like the way that the camera looks at her in this movie is like really distanced yeah. and so you can kind of like see all of like the way she's like working the materials that she's with like she's playing with her props like the when she puts on like there's that scene where she puts on the shoes and just sort of like walks around the room in the shoes and it's like oh my god no one has ever walked this well <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah in no, their it's lives true. yeah i mean he's described her acting as like micromanaging he you know she acts with her thumb even like all the way down to her fingertips and you he kind of I think you know gives her a lot of freedom and that's what makes their relationship work he he's not a very he doesn't do rehearsals he um he just sort of puts the camera on her and then lets her do her thing and then she comes alive (laughs) and it really takes like a special actress to do that and I'm like 100% on board with Kristen Stewart. Yeah, at the screening I saw um, Asayas <laughs> um, talked afterwards in a Q&A about sort of her acting and directing her. And he v- was very passionate about his idea that he didn't want Kristen to, you know, act. He really wants her to act like herself. Mm-hmm. And I could certainly see that, especially when... She, those scenes where she puts on Kira's clothes and mm-hmm. it's very like forbidden for her to like wear those clothes. Kira really doesn't want her personal shopper to wear her clothes. And also, I her- love that she doesn't want her to wear the clothes because it's like, yeah, of course you don't. <laughs> She's the best at wearing clothes. She looks great. She's amazing at it. <laughs> but she puts there's that scene where she puts on that black dress with like that harness and the shoes and yeah. her body completely changes. It's like we're watching a completely different person. And no, it's true. And Kristen Stewart like. IRL is a Chanel darling and every time you see her on the red carpet you get that same sense where she's like like she's slightly awkward but she looks great and she's like am I like even allowed to be in this like fancy <laughs> dress like yeah like she I'm knows a how t-shirt and leather jacket girl but like but oh my gosh she looks amazing yeah and I was like, did you watch, like, makeover montages? And he had, like, no idea what I was talking <laughs> it's about. It's true that this whole movie is, like, a giant makeover movie, like, that just restarts every time she puts on another outfit. Yeah. <laughs> like, she doesn't really have a personality. Like, the character is so anxious, and she's seemingly in- incapable of 
deciding how she wants to see the world or like if she believes in this ghost if she can see her brother in it like if like Mm. she's going through all of these what ifs what ifs what ifs and then she tries on a clothes like a new a new outfit and it's like all of a sudden she clicks for a second into like a new persona in a way that I find like so so fascinating to watch but it is like just getting like four or five makeover montages in the same movie. <laughs> yeah. I love that scene where she's texting with the maybe ghost and the ghost the whoever is texting her asks uh you know who do you who do you want to be? Do you want to be someone else? And she says, "I do want to be someone else." And they text back um like who who else? And she says, "I don't know." And then the person's like I can't help you know or something like that. <laughs> and it's very dramatic. Like, I, I can't tell you who to be. I think that's one of the things that I like about this movie too is that it is like super dramatic at all times in a way where you, it's funny that it is as dramatic as it is. Like her yeah. and it, she really sells her own anxiety in a way that I think keeps the movie from being Very like a parody anxious. of itself. She's a great anxious actor. But at the same time, it's like that ghost shows up and all of a sudden you're looking at like a ghost vomiting ectoplasm or yeah, or the the ghost is just texting her for 30 minutes without stop and you're just just sort of sitting there like am I supposed to be flat? like am I supposed to be taking this seriously or <laughs> does he know that this is funny? And I don't know, I just love it. Like I find it so entertaining. And at the same time, if you want it to be like rather moving, what do you guys think that this is Kristen Stewart's best performance? Yeah, I, I think it is. I think she in this movie, she's really showing off, you know, so many sides of her acting ability. She's she's acting very much like herself. But then, as I said before, there are those moments where she kind of transforms into a completely different person. And I I think just her her range in this movie is is excellent. Yeah, for sure. What if I just came in here was like Twilight was her peak? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I I do think so. And Asayas really brings the best out of her. But I think he it's even better than what we saw from Clouds of Sils Maria, which was their first collaboration. Um, which came out 2015. But this one's this one's a lot more daring and I I think that like I really do think this is Kristen Stewart at her best for sure. He also he wrote this movie for her and so I just think it's designed to show her off in a way that you know not a lot of movies are designed to be quite as much of a showcase for their lead actor you know like she really doesn't have that many co-stars in this movie she's kind of acting by herself in a vacuum just staring at her phone and killing it (laughs) she's so mesmerizing at it yeah I don't know I think that this is her best too although I really loved her last year in certain women oh god so good another one with like the weird gestures and playing with props we'll never forget her wiping her mouth on a wrapped up napkin (laughs) so strange But speaking of certain women and the clouds of Sils Maria, we're going to talk more about Kristen Stewart's prior roles after this break. We are here with film critic and Asayas queen Kristen Kim to talk about Kristen Stewart. 
Considering the basically universal praise that Kristen Stewart has received for her performance in Personal Shopper, we thought now would be as good a time as any to look back at her career on the whole. For this Kristen Stewart special, we picked out a few movies that, for better or for worse, seem significant to understanding the Stunissance. Okay, Twilight. Do we even need to explain the plot for this? <laughs> Twilight, instead of a ghost, she fucks a vampire. <laughs> Done. She doesn't fuck him, though. She, it takes forever. End, it takes like seven yeah. movies, but they make it. <laughs> okay, so I was one of those people that did not like Kristen Stewart in the role of Bella of Twilight in Twilight. One of those people. What an interesting way to put it. <laughs> most people did. Yeah, you most like people. Kristen? No, I, I did not. I was, I would say I was the vast I was, majority of people. Yeah. didn't like her. I just think but I and I I think when I saw her in that movie, she just like a lot of people in that movie seemed to not want to be there. And <laughs> I kept wanting her to like smile more, like be seem like she was in a romantic relationship, but she like clearly wasn't and I don't know, I guess I was very turned off by her performance. Yeah, no, I thought she was, like, very bratty about the whole, like, fame thing and, you know. But also, I don't know, like... I should I should rewatch Twilight because I I have a feeling that if I watch it now, I'm gonna love it. Okay, so I watched Twilight (laughs) relatively, not yesterday, but relatively recently. And the funny thing about it is that I think at the time I also thought that she seemed like she wasn't interested in it. But watching it now, it's like she's too, she's trying too hard to make it better. Or like she's Mm. like doing so much for a movie that really requires so little. (laughs) Like if she just showed up and did nothing, it would be a much, much better movie. But instead it's like she's like playing with her hair and she's (laughs) touching her face a lot and she's mumbling and kind of like having like mini I don't know it's almost like episodes in a weird way where it's she doesn't have control of herself as a performer yet because it does take like real skill as an actor to be able to like come up with things that speak about your character in action but she's it's just like she's giving all of the things at once and so it's unbearable to watch but I'm fascinated by I it. I can't I feel I feel bad for the listener who can't see Tail just like fully twitching in this room right now. I really relate. Yeah. That's that's an interesting way to put it. Um I I've never laughed so hard at the movies <laughs> when I was watching Twilight. Like that or Mummy 3, like those wow. are the two movies where I laughed like the hardest. Um and I don't think I appreciated the genius of the comedy of Twilight then, and I just thought it was a bad funny, but I don't know. I'm I'm willing to rewatch it now. The baseball thing is it's funny, funny <laughs> now. Oh my god. There's no way there's no way that wasn't supposed to be funny. It's also funny watching it now because it's a Katherine Hardwick movie and she's like a real filmmaker. And so part of what's weird is trying to like imagine what mindset she was when she was making it. It's just, just a, such a strange... No, it's canon. Yeah. Um, but I guess, like, one of the things with Twilight, too, though, is that it really has defined her, Kristen Stewart's, like, role in the public eye. It was such a massive movie, and, like, it's so cemented the way that a lot of people see her that I feel like she's had to spend, like, the, her entire career since then sort of digging herself out of the Twilight mm-hmm. hole. Like, even with Personal Shopper and... 
people are still kind of surprised when Kristen Stewart is a good actress. And I I was even a little surprised when I saw her work after Twilight because I hated her so much in Twilight. <laughs> Um, when I saw when I've seen her in other movies and I'm like oh she can actually act but people still I feel like people still say that see I went into Twilight initially as a fan of Kristen Stewart because the year before she had been in Into the Wild and when she Mm -hmm. was like a child actor she was really good she's great in Speak she's great in Panic Room Um, and so Twilight was like a big surprise for me (laughs) as a fan I would say all right, should we talk about The, the runaways? runaways? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, in The Runaways, it's a movie uh, in which Kristen Stewart plays Joan Jett, which I think was pretty groundbreaking in terms of, like, how people viewed her not just in film but in the public, you know? Yeah, and also w- within artistic communities because she was, like, all of a sudden palling around with Joan Jett and like going out to coffee with funky hair and hanging out with like a 60-year-old rocker who loved her and was like all over her in the press of like how much she loved her and was happy that she was playing her in this movie. And I just think it added so much like credibility, not necessarily with audiences because The Runaways is still like a really weird and wild movie and a weird and wild performance. But within like other artists, I feel like she got a lot of respect for that. Mm-hmm. You're right. I, I don't think I was a full Kristen Stewart stan at this point yet, but this is kind of the turning point for me where I was like, oh, she is fascinating on the screen. And I think that her best roles bring out this sort of like punk energy in yeah. her. And this was the first one that really like got that. And, you know, like you see it in Personal Shopper and you see it in Clouds of Sils Maria, but this is, I suppose, the most explicit like Stewart in her like best punk self kind of role. Yeah. yeah. And it's also the element of queerness in that movie. I mean, For Joan sure. Jett is gay and she's very, very convincing in sort of not necessarily like just playing a lesbian, but like that kind of weird protean performance aspect to it where it's like you can watch her in it trying to figure out how to inhabit this kind of like butch-ish identity in a way that like even when it's not working it's still really interesting to watch and was that when this movie came out people were sort of speculating about her sexuality yeah but she was dating Robert Pattinson and so it was like a weird (laughs) sorry I'm like (laughs) (laughs) it's all coming back to me now yeah (laughs) yeah which I mean we can talk about that relationship I don't think (laughs) oh bless But, um, yeah, but she was still dating Robert Pattinson, but it was also, like, they were showing up on red carpets with, like, the same really greasy bad hair. You know, it was, like, that kind of, um, like, a sort of androgyny that both of them were occupying at the same time that was also sort of strange and, like, queer-ish, but within a straight relationship um, that I think people really latched onto at that point. Also, she was giving so many interviews where she just could not speak to save her life, (laughs) (laughs) which I also think was like another part of the speculation was being like, is this why you can't talk right? (laughs) Is this the problem? 
like, is this why you're so awkward all the time? But <laughs> fortunately, she's kind of like worked herself through that phase. And so I think by the time she gets to something like Clouds of Souls Maria, which is another movie we really want to talk about, she does seem much more inhabited in like a sense of self, like a rooted sense of self. Right. We forget that it's not just you know, being in a movie like Twilight, which, you know, you might think is like a dumb teen movie, but also just her life in the tabloids. Um, Robert Pattinson, of course, but also her fling with the Huntsman director kind of, you know, like... Oh, that was weird. Yeah, taking her name for a little bit. Um, but yeah, and just such a weird, weird life and <laughs> <laughs> to be leading. So let's talk about Clouds of Sils Maria a little bit, too, um, because that's an interesting movie for her in that she addresses directly the public perception around all of her celebrity, but in like a kind of sidelined character. So she's playing in that movie a... um, an, an assistant, a personal assistant to an actress and played by Juliette Binoche. And Juliette Binoche's character is really going through a crisis where she's trying to understand what her place is in the film industry and in acting as an older woman. And she's at one point sort of disparaging the way that movies have sort of turned into just like superhero fodder. And Kristen Stewart has this like monologue where she sort of explains what the value is in those kinds of movies. And it's like a great, it's another Olivier Asayas movie. And it's a great like meta movie moment of so meta. it being like, oh, I guess technically you're in character now, girl, but not really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this is your Kristen Stewart addresses the press moment. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, that movie too, it's What's fascinating about it is it's they because she is the assistant to uh, an actress, they read lines together and you kind of forget where the acting in the acting starts and ends and then when the actual movie is. It's just it's all very fluid and meta and um, this is the role that Kristen Stewart won the César for which is the French Oscars basically and she was the very first American actress to do so um, which I think she's such sh- a, I didn't know that yeah that's incredible yeah which she's shocked such a, I think American audiences Go she's on. such a French person's idea of she what an American is. movie star is. <laughs> I love it. It's yeah. like the same people who like keep giving Sean Penn awards in France are the ones <laughs> voting for Kristen Stewart. Yeah. But I I really loved uh, those scenes, as you mentioned, where yeah. the lines are kind of blurred because uh, obviously the lines that they're reading are from this play, which is about a sexual relationship between a woman and her assistant. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they're acting out these scenes. And so there's a lot of sexual tension in the lines, but then there's also weirdly some sexual tension between Julia Binoche's character and Kristen Stewart. Right, yeah. And it's also interesting, too, for it being, like, Julia Binoche is such, like, a real actress that part of watching it is being like, okay, like, you're really, you're going for it. I get it. Like, I see how you would be holding your own, like, with, you know, one of the most respected actors in the world right now. Like, it's both Hot and impressive. (laughs) Hot and impressive. (laughs) Hot and impressive, the Kristen Stewart story. Looking forward to where her career goes from this point, especially since her next project is a Lizzie Borden (gasps) biopic. 
So tune in to Lady Problems 2018 for our Kristen Stewart update special. Thank you so much to our co-host, Kristen Kim. Where can people find your writing? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Kristen Yunsu, K-R-I-S-T-E-N-Y-O-O-N-S-O-O. I spelled my name right. Excellent. <laughs> I'm Teo Bugby. And I'm Hazel Sills. And thank you so much for listening to Lady Problems. And we want to listen to you. Follow us on Twitter at Lady Problems Pod, where you can ask us about a lady problem you're having, or leave us a message on the Lady Problems hotline at 205-677-5239. That's 205-677-LADY. And if you liked this episode, please be sure to give us a rating or leave us a review on iTunes. Or why not recommend Lady Problems on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook using the hashtag TriPod. That's T-R-Y-Pod. It's a new way to share podcasts you love, and the hashtag has some great tips for teaching the technologically challenged in your life how to find and download podcasts. Not to tech shame anyone out there, we all had to learn about podcasts from someone. So try pod, and we'll see you next week.